Hello listeners and welcome back to this Gen Last Gen's coverage of E3 2018. It's day two, my name is Joe and I'm here to talk about Microsoft's conference. Now of course astute listeners will realise that Bethesda also has a conference out later tonight but it's not going to be until 2.30 in the morning in UK time so we're going to have to fold that one into tomorrow's show. But that's actually a good thing because Microsoft had a huge press conference this year. It was an hour and a half. They showed 50 games. They had 18 exclusives and they had, uh, I believe it was 15 world premieres. So that's a lot of stuff. And there's no real reason to recap every single moment of the show. But of course, I want to talk about the big news. And actually, moving away just from the games themselves for a second, one of the biggest announcements was that Microsoft has acquired several new studios. They've brought Playground Games, they're the developer of the Forza Horizon series, they brought them in-house. They've acquired Ninja Theory, they've uh, picked up a couple of others, and they've even founded a new studio uh, with a guy who worked on the new Tomb Raider series. So they've got five new studios now, and this is really important because going into this generation, uh, Microsoft was kind of understaffed in that department. You know, they had 343 that makes the Halo games. They had uh, the Coalition that works on Gears of War. Uh, and of course, they had their, their Forza team. But one of the reasons that Microsoft really struggled with exclusives is that they don't have the same kind of uh, in-house development talent that Sony's been able to show off with, like Sony Santa Monica working on Gears of War, or all those other amazing studios putting out games like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and... Uh, Naughty Dog with you know the Uncharted series uh, and The Last of Us. So for Microsoft to acquire so many new studios, uh, a lot of them you know quite well respected, especially uh, Playground Games and Ninja Theory. It really kind of changes the game for them, and it's going to be important for them. Maybe not so much for this generation, but absolutely for next generation. And one of the other big announcements, even though. It was kind of an afterthought in the way that they just threw it in there at the end is Phil Spencer said, yes, we are working on a next generation Xbox. And in a way, that's not really an announcement. I mean, certainly they haven't said anything about specs. There's no teaser image. There's not even a code name, but they're acknowledging that they're working on it. Now, I don't think we're going to see the next gen. So certainly we know we're not going to see it this year. We're not going to see it from either uh, Microsoft and Sony have already said no. Uh, Maybe we will see it at the end of 2019. I actually hope it's going to be longer. I hope that we get more life out of the Xbox One and out of the PS4, especially when we've got the Xbox One X and PS4 Pro knocking around. You know, I still feel like uh, there's a lot of life left in these consoles and I don't want to have to fork out to a grade just yet. One of the things that would have been really reassuring to hear from Spencer, and uh, I hope is something that they're going to factor in, would be that the next Xbox would be backwards compatible, because that's a, a, something that they made a huge push with on the Xbox One, and I really respect them for it because it's something that uh, it means that you know your old games are still playable in your new console. It means that uh, they've got like a much bigger library uh, of uh, older games when you decide to, to upgrade, and it kind of means that well, you know it. If you're picking up a game like Gears of War 5 or Halo Infinity, two of the new titles uh, from their big franchises that they've announced, it's kind of nice to know that they're going to be playable on the new console as well as, you know, coming in at the tail end of this generation. So, yeah, 
we got some of those uh, kind of easy to predict franchise sequels. Uh, they opened the show with a new Halo game, and it wasn't going to be called Halo 6, it's Halo Infinity. Or is it Halo Infinite? Well, shoot, I've already forgotten. Uh, I'm honestly surprised by this. I don't know whether this is uh, just kind of a numberless Halo sequel, like they're kind of trying to pretend that uh, it's a fresh start for the series. Uh, I don't know if it's kind of a, a different direction for the series after Halo 5 got kind of a rough reception, but it seems to be taking the series like back to its roots. They showed off in the brief, brief teaser, they showed off a, a Halo ring installation and a lot of wildlife on there. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to say what kind of game it's going to be. I mean, it's easy to assume it's going to be a first-person shooter in the style of the previous games, but it looks like it's going to be more open world. Is that the case? We're going to have to wait to find out. They also announced... As predicted, several Gears of War games, and they announced them in maybe the most bizarre way I've ever seen games announced. Because we started with Gears Pop, which is a mashup of Gears of War and Funko Pops. I mean, I'm not a fan of Funko Pop, and it's super weird seeing them in video game form. Uh, it's going to be some kind of mobile game. Again, we didn't really get much information on it, and they kind of tried to... It, it felt as if they announced that, and then we're trying to swiftly move past and placate the angry crowd, because next they moved on to Gears Tactics, which is going to be kind of a, a, you know, like a tactics strategy game, kind of a little bit uh, Fallout Tactics, a little bit XCOM, that sort of thing. Uh, honestly, that seems pretty cool. I suspect that that is the game that was rumored as a Halo Wars-style spin-off. It's not really a Halo Wars-style game. It's, you know, it looks much more like something like XCOM. But, you know, I, I think it looks pretty neat. Uh, it was mentioned that it was going to be a PC game. So that's kind of unusual. I don't know if it's going to come out on the Xbox One. Uh, obviously, I, I have a PC as well. But I hope that we get, uh, get a console launch for that too. And then last up, they did actually announce a proper... Gears sequel, Gears 5. Uh, they showed a few gameplay clips, uh, like a longer cutscene. It looks like it's picking up the story from Gears 4. Uh, I really liked Gears 4. I thought it was a really solid entry in that franchise. Uh, I've said before, you know, I think a lot of people mock the, the storytelling in Gears of War, the world building in Gears of War, because it looks like these just these like big meathead guys running around with chainsaw guns. And while that is part of it, this kind of hyper macho world, there's like really deep lore behind it all. And uh, I think that Gears 4 picks up on that and really ran with it in a cool way. So I'm intrigued with what they're going to do with the story next. And, uh, you know, rounding up those uh, really obvious, really easy to predict uh, new entries. We had Forza Horizon 4, which is going to be set in the UK. Uh, it looks like it's going to be set in quite a lot of Britain. They were talking about uh, parts of it in Scotland, parts of it in England. So I'm not sure just yet whether it is going to cover the entire UK, uh, maybe just Britain. Uh, if you don't know what the difference is, uh, go Google it because it's really complicated. But it's pretty cool. You know, it could be maybe one of the biggest uh, Forza games we've had, if that's the case. Uh, and uh, it's going to mean like lots of varied terrain. It's got seasons, which is pretty cool because previously, you know, you've maybe had uh, like in Forza Horizon 3, which was set in Australia, you, they managed to wedge in like some pretty varied terrain, like rainforest and uh, like deserty outback and urban. But 
to get to uh, kind of a snowy area, they had to, that was some DLC. Whereas this time, you've got seasons, so it's going to kind of change the uh, presumably change the weather. You've got snow coming in. Uh, it just looks really cool. I, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Forza games. They're like my go-to racing series, so uh, always happy to see a new entry from that. And because I'm not quite as hardcore as to go for the like the Forza Motorsport games, Forza Horizon is uh, really where it's at for me. So, like I said, they showed 50 games, and honestly, it is hard to remember everything that they shoved in there. We got glimpses of some stuff that's already been announced, uh, and indeed some stuff that we've already seen before, like uh, Metro Exodus, which still looks great. Uh, we did get some new announcements. Often these new announcements were not Xbox exclusives. Uh, so we did see, for example, Dying Light 2, which has picked up Chris Avalon as a narrative designer, which is very cool. Uh, Chris Avalon is a guy who... Uh, he's been involved in a lot of my, my favorite RPGs, like the old Fallout games and uh, like Black Isle Studios and stuff. So uh, it's really great. He has been kind of all over the place in modern gaming. It seemed there's this kind of writer for hire. It's like hired gun coming in, spicing stuff up. Uh, so it's pretty intriguing seeing him coming in for Dying Light 2. We also, we closed the show uh, with uh, kind of a takeover for Cyberpunk 2077. That's the new game from CD Projekt Red, the developer of the Witcher series. Uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of the Witcher games. I'm a big fan of Cyberpunk, as you will probably guess from the amount of time that I've spent talking about Deus Ex on this podcast. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with Cyberpunk 2077. They really just kind of showed a, kind of a world-building sort of trailer, not really kind of gameplay. So uh, it's tough to know how it's going to play. You know, uh, Are you going to play as that guy in the trailer? Uh, is it going to be like The Witcher, where you have a fixed character, or is there going to be character customization? Because this is, you know, The Witcher was developed from a series of novels, whereas Cyberpunk 2077 is developed from a pen and paper RPG, which obviously has character creation wrapped into it. So I was always kind of assuming that you'd make your own character, but maybe not. And so there are a lot of question marks hanging over it. But given the the pedigree of The Witcher games, especially Witcher 3, uh, I'm super excited by that. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see what they do with that world and uh, always happy to see just more cyberpunk games. We also got glimpses of The Division 2. We got Just Cause 4 being officially announced, although it did leak a little while ago. Uh, we got the announcement that Neo Automata is going to come to Xbox One in a complete edition. We got a quick glimpse of uh, PUBG still running on Xbox. Uh, we've got a trailer for Devil May Cry 5, which was extremely Capcom. May remember of course that there was a uh, like a kind of a reboot a spin-off by developer ninja theory who of course have just been acquired by microsoft but this one seems to be a proper sequel to devil may cry 4 it's in that universe uh i haven't played dmc in a long time i did not play the the ninja theory version uh but it looks it looks like Devil May Cry, that's all I can say. It looks like that kind of crazy, over-the-top world that you kind of come to expect from Devil May Cry, come to expect from a Capcom game. So, you know, uh, if that's your bag, I think that they're going to uh, meet your expectations. Uh, we got some DLC announced for Cuphead. We got an announcement of a new Battletoads game. We got so much stuff. Uh, a sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest. We've got uh, From Software doing uh, what looks like a kind of a, a kind of a Dark Soulsy kind of game, uh, but set in Japan. And honestly, it was so 
like Onimusha that I was practically jumping for joy. I really thought we were getting an Onimusha sequel in there uh, or some kind of reboot or whatever. But uh, then it came up that it was from software in Activision and my hopes were dashed. But it's called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is a frankly ludicrous name. Uh, it does look pretty cool, but if it's going to be that kind of uh, Soulsy, Bloodborne, uh, like super hardcore, super difficult uh, game, then it's probably not really going to be for me. You know, it, like Neo, basically. It's it's just not it's not within my uh, skill set to play that kind of game. But it did look pretty cool. Finally, uh, again, you know, there are so many games that uh, were shown even just briefly. Uh, I just want to talk about two that did kind of stand out to me. So one is, uh, I believe, an Xbox exclusive, or at least a, a launch exclusive called Tunic. It's this game developed by, apparently, by one guy in Nova Scotia. And it looks pretty adorable, but oh my god, it's just Zelda, but with Link replaced with a cute fox wearing, like, the Zelda tunic. It's so much like that kind of uh, isometric old-school Zelda game. It's uncanny. It it looks kind of cool, but... It, it leaves me feeling kind of a little bit conflicted because it's such a kind of a, a Zelda homage to the point of raising legal questions, it feels like. Uh, and then the other game that I just want to briefly mention um, was totally unexpected. Uh, it's a game called The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. It is a free prequel to Life is Strange 2. Or at least it's a free spin-off from the Life is Strange series. Uh, Eurogame is calling it a prequel. I don't know if that's the case exactly, but uh, it just looks it looks so don't nod. I mean, obviously, uh, we just had the announcement of uh, their other new game, uh, Twin Mirror, and I don't really know how I feel about that, but this feels so much like it's in that you know Life is Strange universe, that exact style of storytelling and stuff. Uh, it's pretty exciting, and it's going to be free, so there's absolutely no reason not to play it. Uh, That is going to be coming out on the 26th of June. So, uh, of course, we are going to be uh, playing that and talking about it on the podcast, I'm sure, because Sorrel and I, we were both huge fans of uh, Life is Strange. So, that was just a whirlwind recap of Microsoft's huge E3 show. Overall, it was very solid. Uh, Honestly, I feel a little bit underwhelmed, if only because so many of what should have been big announcements just felt kind of inevitable you know we we knew we were going to get a new halo we knew we were going to get a new gears of war we knew we were going to get a new forza uh there is some special stuff in there like i just said you know little things like uh the life is strange spinoff uh but overall just a, a really solid show nothing to get too blown away by but certainly nothing to be disappointed by so there's still plenty more to come. We've got Bethesda, we've got Ubisoft, we've got Square, we've got PC gaming, we've got Sony, and we've got Nintendo. There is a lot to look forward to. There may still be some big surprises coming up. So uh, if you want to stay tuned for the rest of our E3 recaps, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, or why not jump in and join us on Twitter? We're going to be talking about the all the streams as they happen. And uh, yeah, we hope you stick around for the rest of our shows.